Now, I don't say this often. I don't say this often. Now, I don't say this often. He's going to be a wild card in the league. Welcome back to the Wild Cards Podcast. Once again, I'm one of your co-hosts, Coleman Madlin. I'm joined here today with my good friends and fellow co-hosts. Joshua Sykes and Brandon Hartke. It's another week. It's another Friday. It's another great day to get this money. Let's get right into the major news of the week. Starting off with the Saints. The New Orleans Saints reworked Derek Carr's deal. Uh, They get $23 million back in cap space. Much needed. They're still down, I think, the most in the league. Is that right, guys? I think they have the worst salary situation. Yeah, they were down like negative 83 million, 82 million. Yeah. Probably still. I think the next team is like 57. Yeah. So they're doing pretty terrible is all we got to say. I mean, it was kind of like a shock to a lot of people when they saw the Derek Carr deal that formulated um, last year. And so it was just kind of like a big kind of like, what the hell are they doing? Especially with like, they're already in a pretty bad cap situation then. So it's just kind of surprising to see that um, kind of surprising to see that uh, they would double down on a player who, you know, hasn't shown that he's four year or whatever the contract was worthy. So I, I think it's good for them. that They reworked it, but it's just like the first step they're going to need to take in a long series of, of things. They're going to need to get back to what, uh, what they used to be. What do you guys think? Yeah, really. I mean, they're just in a desperate situation where, I mean, they can't, they can't get any free agents. They can't, I mean, all they can do is build through the draft and they got to lose some uh, terrible contracts. So definitely an uphill like, battle. Kind of like a waiting game at this point. Yeah. For sure. Brandon, you got any thoughts? No, I mean, I don't know why they signed him to a four-year, $150 million deal after he led the league in interceptions and it, the Raiders didn't make the playoffs. The Saints really saw that and was like, that's my yeah. guy. That, that's that him. Right? That's the future. All right, let's but, move on. Oh, you, yeah. you were to say something? No, I mean, it's just it's just hard to, like, fulfill Drew Brees' shoes in the city sure. of New Orleans. So, you know, yeah. it's tough for him, but hopefully they can bounce back. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, probably... Can I can I move on to the next one? I'm really excited about this. Yeah, yeah, no, I was about to say it's an exciting topic. It's the biggest news of the week. Everybody already seen it when the trailer dropped. Uh, EA Sports College Football making a comeback. Uh, it's been 11 years, Lord. Wow. Uh, so that they have to compensate the players. Obviously, that's the big that was the big deal why it went away. So if you opt in, a player receives six hundred dollars, and they receive a copy of the game. Uh, but like. I saw where they were talking about like paid partnerships with like some of the big names to opt in. So like Travis Hunter's already opt in, uh, Jalen Milrose already opted in, and they post it like on their Instagram, so they get paid a little bit more maybe for like promoting the game. But it's like you're like say I'm a third tier wide, I mean a third uh, third team wide receiver or whatever. Third string. I'm, I'm take I'm taking the I'm taking the six hundred dollars and going to the bank. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean six hundred is a lot. I probably is obviously less of an impact for guys like Jalen Milrow and stuff, but definitely a lot. Do you guys, do you guys see, uh, um, Travis Hunter's tweet about, um, on the, on the cover about the cover? He said, uh, EA sports, y'all know what to do. And then a couple hours later he deleted it. Do you guys think that might be something that something brewing? Do you think he might be the cover? I hope not. I think he might be. I'm, I, I don't know I'm, why he would. I think I'm honest. I don't know what the cover would be. Um, obviously. Obviously, you would think it'd be like, I'm not just saying this like as a Michigan fan, but you would think it would be like either no. Nick Saban because of his retirement or like, you know, the team that just won the Natty. I mean, no. I get it like Colorado. I think he needs to be a current out. player. I mean, yeah. I think if you like put one player on there, I feel like that's like the, I mean, I guess it's different, but it's like more like favoritism. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not that yeah. Colorado like doesn't have 
like, you know, viewers, because now that they have Deion Sanders, like, everyone's a Colorado fan. But I just think it shouldn't well, be him. When was the last time in either Madden or uh, the previous, you know, series of EA back, I think 14 was the most recent one. That's what you said, Josh. I remember playing 14, like, remastered. I think it was 14. Um, but who was the last time there was more than, like, a player or a coach or because there was, like, Madden or two players? Like, when has it ever been a team? I, I mean, I, I understand, like, the whole... Like we should put the winner to, and I think that's I kind mean, of a cool concept. But at the Madden, same time, yeah, Madden had a two play. I mean, two players on the cover in 2020. I think it was with uh, uh, Brady and Mahomes. Yeah, but I can't think of another like when there was two players. Really, I saw one uh, on Twitter. It was uh, all the covers that should have been. So like, Ooh, from like Derek cool. Henry, Lamar Jackson, uh, even maybe Caleb Williams from uh, from the year before last or last year. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be pretty neat. I think it should be that and then like, or a Nick Saban one, to be honest. But I mean, I think it'll probably go with a current player. I, I might, I, I agree with that. I think the, the should have been covers would be super cool. Like pay a homage to like the time off and like how anticipated the game was. And at the same time, I also think that like they should probably stick with the traditional cover athlete because athlete singular cover athlete, but and yeah. of, of who I think that would be. Um, and I guess you, I mean, athlete or like singular important person like a coach i think the top three options are probably uh caleb williams travis hunter or nick saban not in that order though i think maybe the michigan like team i mean that's probably like in the odds there somewhere i haven't looked at the the, the spread or the live betting odds for the favorites and stuff like that but that, that's kind of the three that i would expect um but yeah what are you guys are you guys excited you guys gonna buy the game right away yeah I, I'm, it's already in my wish list Nice, yeah, I'm for sure getting that. I'm, I'm excited for when it comes out. It's supposed to be this summer, right? Yeah. Speaking of college football, let's move on to the college football playoff. Uh, the board of managers unanimously approved the 5 plus 7 model for the new 12-team playoff format. So, uh, obviously, with all the expansion, realignment, all that stuff going on, there's a lot of question about what's going to happen to the college football playoff, which is owned and operated by ESPN. Um, under guidelines with the NCAA and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure that's how that it works. It's like owned by, it's like the ESPN cultural playoff, which ESPN owns everything, uh, which is a whole nother thing. There's also been like a bunch of legal uh, debates and, and, and jargon and, and all these like uh, filings going on, specifically with uh, FSU, uh, the ACC and all this conference realignment uh, and, and, and Fox and the Big Ten and how the Big 12 and all that stuff is breaking up. And Basically, the conferences are worried that the this two super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, are worried that if they have such great teams, like more so than the Big 12 or the Pac-2 or what's left of that, um, they should get more than like one spot guaranteed for their conference in the college football playoff, which I think makes sense. I mean, if you have 20 teams full of of uh, people like uh, teams like Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure, um, and stuff like that. If you have a big, big, uh, big conference like the SEC or the Big Ten, uh, then I feel like you should, I don't know, it's it's kind of a, do they deserve an extra slot guaranteed for the top two people, top two teams in that conference? I don't know. That's kind of up for debate. Uh, I, I know FSU with their whole deal, uh, trying to leave the conference. I think their goal is to go to the Big Ten. There's a bunch of debate whether if they're qualified for academics and AAU accreditation and all the stuff that I've been reading up on recently. And I'm just kind of uh, excited to see where the, the landscape goes. And also at the same time, I'm kind of worried because I feel like there might be some some downsides to this it might become too uncalled football like and, and too like business like what do you guys think um i think i think you're right um you know 
I was just going to go back to what you were talking about with like oh, Michigan, like the Big Ten, like having multiple teams. I mean, it is obviously the five championship, the five champions of each division obviously get in. And then I think it's the next bet, the next best people with like the record wise. So, I mean, I guess they still could like have an opportunity to get in, but it is harder to get in when you have to play like, you know, three to four, like actually good teams in a season. Yeah. So, um, I think it, I think I definitely think it will make the college football better. And I already saw that they were talking about like going to 14 teams. Yeah. In 26, I think and it was. And 16, I saw even too. Cause, and, and I have some, or I sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, on that topic, I saw a tweet that said that ESPN and Big Ten are planning to make their own playoff, or not the SEC and the Big Ten are planning to like have their own playoff exclusive to them and then have like Fox and yet some just crazy stuff that's just unprecedented in sports. So yeah, keep going. I just want to add that in. No, I mean, I just, I was just going to say like, you know, I don't know, obviously more teams, the better. I mean, there's like 134 FBS college football teams. So, I mean, obviously like, you know, it's hard for people to make it, but I just think like we shouldn't even talk about 14 teams until we actually see like what a 12 team playoff looks like. Cause I mean, this is the first year they're doing it. So sure. that was just my thought. I think I've always said 12 teams, or I, I think I said eight when I was younger, just more than four, you know, because yeah. until FSU this year, you know, you had to go undefeated in order to make the playoffs. Yeah. So it's like, you know, now you can maybe have one to two losses, but I definitely think this is, I think college football is definitely just skyrocketing forward, especially with NIL. I also think there's a big question of like, I think, because I think of the five, so there's the five conference championships, the highest ranked conference championships get the five, and then the seven are at large. And of those five, there's Big Ten, there's SEC, ACC, Big 12. And are they counting the Pac-2 and what's left? No, it's, a, it it's a group five school. Group of five school. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was going to say, I think that the whole, because the original like five or the 12 team model had the top five seeds of all the conferences, but obviously that had to be changed after everyone left the, the Pac-12 and there's only Washington State, Oregon State left. Um, and I will just keep watch, by the way. There's a date, I think it's March 22nd, I'm pretty sure, is when a bunch more legal filings, it's like the deadline for stuff to happen. And I think a bunch of information is going to happen on that day in regards to the FSU ACC situation, which doesn't sound like a big, like if you're a school and in middle of nowhere and you don't care about FSU or ACC or and, and it doesn't really affect you. It actually does affect you because what happens in that case is going to determine a lot of what's going to happen for the rest of the country in terms of like conference realignment because that will set precedent case law um, for how, how things should go moving forward when, when people want to jump conferences to a better situation or scrambling. Like there's some teams that are like, don't like the Oregon State, Washington State, for example, who need who are going to need to find new homes or, you know, they're going to have to find stuff like that. And that legal precedent is going to mean a lot. So keep your eyes out for what happens on March 22nd this year. You guys want to move on or do you have anything else to add, Josh or Brennan? Yeah, no, I think we're good. Cool. All right. Who wants to talk about the uh, salary cap? Because that was a big thing. I think Brennan's uh, got it. I guess I can. Um. So the NFL announced today actually on friday that the salary cap for the 2024 season will be a record 255.4 million dollars per team which is a 13.6 percent increase from last year's salary cap and a sign that the league is entering a new phase of money um i think obviously the more money the better but i think at some point obviously like i guess i could keep steadily increasing it but if you just like look at the mlb 
it creates super teams when you don't have a salary cap. Because, I mean, if you, like, look at the Dodgers, I mean, they're paying Otani. They're paying Otani and the other Japanese pitcher over a million, a billion dollars combined. So, I'm not, like, you know, that's just insane. Like, not having a salary cap just creates, like, super teams that are kind of unfair. And I think that, obviously, the NFL, I mean, it's great to increase it just because more people will be asking for money ever since the Browns and the Deshaun Watson trade. That's just really, ever since that trade, it just shook the market because, you know, people perform better than Deshaun Watson. And, you know, their agents will just say, well, he's getting this money, so my guy should get this. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, obviously they have to do something like that to in order to keep players happy. So, I mean, more power to the league. But I think once... Sorry? Nothing, that was just my opinion. Oh, yeah, no. I agree. I, one thing I think is that maybe you'll see the impact of like the bigger salary cap, especially this offseason and maybe the next one. But I think after that, my guess is that because if you increase the amount of salary cap, you pay players more. So I think the p- average player contract is going to sky, not skyrocket, but increase just as much as the salary. And I think that's just the pattern you're going to see as much as they increase the salary cap, like the sizes of these the contracts, are especially the big players, like guys like. I, don't, I hate to be biased, but I was going to talk about the Viking situation with Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and stuff like that, where they need that extra space. Like, this is going to be a huge help to them uh, for, for for them uh, in trying to secure those contract details. But you have to realize that, like, in a couple of years, it's the, the norm of the payments in- increases every year for, you know, the top paid players. Like, they set new records, new markets, new uh, new market standards. And I think it's important to, to note that while the salary cap will increase so will the player contracts and then we'll just be back to square one and the number the only thing that will be different is the number will be bigger teams will still have to you know prioritize stuff it'll just be at a larger scale you got anything to add josh no i think y'all hit it right on the head i mean i i like what brandon said about the super teams thing like if you don't put a salary cap on it but like at the same time like baseball gets away with it because like i feel like baseball uh it's not luck, but it's more like who's hitting good that day and things like that. Well, yes, you get better skilled players. Um, I just feel like they're not as consistent. Yeah, right. anyone can win. I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And in football, I mean, let's put Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa all together on defense. Miles Garrett. I mean, if you don't have a salary cap, but I mean, who's going to pay that much for all that? I don't know. Um, I obviously wouldn't spend my billions of dollars on that. But I mean, I'm not Jerry Jones, I guess. So I don't know. And at the end of the day, I, I feel like people take salary cap and think it's I mean, it's a huge deal, especially with your key players, your your franchise cornerstones. But at the end of the day, most championship teams, if not all, I think it's like a requirement. Basically, it's a soft requirement for championship teams to have a period where they draft really well and are able to have high skill high level talent that develops super fast for just their rookie contract or their or their undrafted free agent contract level if you look at all the teams in the past that have won uh championships they're either they're all good with money um whether it's you know signing old players to cheaper contracts or signing unproven players to cheaper contracts but have those players perform so it comes down to scouting and and your distribution of money i think is a big thing but if you guys don't mind i I have a a feels good story of the week i'd like to share just really quickly uh jason kelsey uh, Eagles center uh, talked about retiring. I think he announced he was, but then kind of said he wish he didn't, but I'm pretty sure he's going to still stay retired, probably, most likely. Do, do you guys know anything about that? Because I forgot. I, I forgot what the latest is on that. 
I don't think he said anything yet. I think he just said he wish he didn't say that he was going to retire. So okay. I don't know what's going to go on about all that, really. Who knows? But I think the I think most people think he's going to retire and because he obviously that's what he announced. So until he says anything, he's retired. But anyway, more importantly, he recently participated in a 5K marathon for uh, a charitable organization, Mike's Run for Autism, which raises money for like adults who have autism and also like the families of children who have autism. So great cause. And I think it's awesome that he's doing this with all the uh, I think the part of it's it, I don't think I think he is a person who would have done it regardless, but I think it's especially important that he's doing it now with all the attention that's on like the Kelsey name with Taylor Swift and and regardless what you think of it, I think it's definitely a good like he's taking advantage of all the optics and doing something good with it. So no matter your opinions of Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, uh, or the Eagles or the Chiefs or whatever, I think it's something we can agree on that uh, it's it's cool that he's using that um, that spotlight for something that's good. Um, and so the he, he ran a 5k he looked absolutely gassed after what i saw the video he looked like he had just uh run 300 miles but again he is a big guy and he's probably and he's been drinking and eating off because he's not you know in season he's probably not going to play again so i think it's really cool so they've ran they've raised like tens of millions of dollars so shout out to the eagles autism foundation and the mike's run for autism and all that stuff for raising all that money for a good cause i think it's pretty cool next up yeah. we got a revival josh you want to introduce what we're doing today well you know last last season of the uh courtroom which is what we're uh about to embark on season two here i was so dominant in season one the okay. uh the jury and the uh higher ups were like we gotta make this guy a judge he knows what he's talking about and uh we want him making decisions and get coleman out of there so this season of the courtroom i'm gonna be taking over uh, Judge Josh is uh, he's gonna be the guy this year, and uh, y'all are gonna have to persuade me. Who won? Who or who had the most? Uh, do, do we ever mark that down? I think it. Who was like I'm sure winning? It's on the Google Doc somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> scrolling on our on our document here. I'm trying to find. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Josh. I think I it was Josh. By I don't remember us or, finalizing or, the judge. I thought sure. it was season oh, yeah. two was uh, more of we switch it up to see. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. The, the topic who. Because some of us, sometimes we have, like last year, we had the same opinion on some topics. Sure. So one person would choose a side. So this year we decided. Well, at least the season premiere is going to be me. Okay, buddy? Well, you know, I mean, you're just, hey, I just got to put you in your place, man. I, I, I'm the premiere star, dude. You know how shows bring in stars for the premiere? I'm that guy. Oh, he's that guy. We must well, have a low budget then. We can, we, we do have do. a low budget. <laughs> we can, we can, um kind of trial trial this kind of like how we did a the season trial of our picking games last season uh again we're in our we'll talk about it later but we're in our second season of picking games and, and we kind of treated the first season as a trial we could kind of treat the first season of the courtroom as a trial and we're kind of revi revitalizing it now so uh, we can keep track of who's the winner who's the loser um and today i will be going up against brandon for for who's the best three point or shooting not just three point shooting big man of all time um and I am actually yet to hear. I think Brennan knows who I'm going to pick. Everyone knows who I'm going to pick. I'm a Timberwolves fan, but I think I, I'm not actually aware of who um, of Brennan's going to pick. I, I suspect it's going to be a guy I have in mind, but we'll see. So you guys want to start start yeah. the courtroom? Yeah, stop yapping and get in my courtroom, buddy. My bad, my bad. You're uh, yes, sir, Honorable Judge uh, Sykes. Okay, so uh, all rise. Judge Sykes has entered the room. Uh, maybe. You may be seated. Uh, 
So today, like Coleman talked about earlier, we're going to talk about the best shooting big man of all time in NBA history. All 76 years of it. Ooh. That's a long time. Uh, <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of good choices here. A lot of good choices. I think we, uh, Coleman has alluded to his choice already. So uh, we'll, let, we'll let Coleman open statements here since we kind of know where he's leaning. Kind of build some suspense for Brandon. Um, so Coleman, go ahead. Uh, your opening statement. Keep it short, concise. I don't know if you know how to do that, but I don't. You do it, buddy. I don't. I'll, I'll try my best though. Um, my my opening statements are first of all, ladies and gentlemen of the courtroom. I'd like to first off thank Honorable Judge Josh and my less honorable opponent uh, on the opposing stand, Brandon, uh, for coming together on this lovely afternoon. And uh, I'll I'll, I'll just t- talk uh, and get started with what I want to say. So when it comes to like shooting in the NBA, who do you guys think of? That's my my first point. Who do you guys think of? Steph Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Damian Lillard, maybe even Killian Hayes. Um, and what do all those guys have in common? Uh, they're all under six foot five. I think that's a, a big uh, quality of of the shooters we think of as the best in in our league's history. Our leagues. I'm not in the league, but you know what I mean. Uh, they're they're all short guys like Curry, six two guys who just sit in the corner or you know have some maybe you know they might be uh, an outlier and be able to run around the court uh, and, and create opportunities. But that's like a few and far between. So for the most part, shooters generally are uh, shorter individuals and. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, hailing from the University of Kentucky, <laughs> Josh, <laughs> is not uh, the only best. He's not only the best shooting big man of all time, but he's also uh, he is so by a pretty wide margin, in my opinion. And that's my opening statement. Well, uh, hey, I'm be honest. That was a shorter opening statement than I thought it would be. Uh, I love the bias here. You're trying to play towards my biases. You got to do what you got to um, do, man. Uh, you did your research on the judge. I respect it. You know, you kind of know what I'm looking for here. Uh, but I think Brandon does too. So I'm, I'm going to let Brandon give his opening statement, try to be concise, Brandon, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, man. So um, the guy I'm here to argue as the best big man shooter of all time, you know, he's a seven foot power forward slash center. Um, he hails from the lands of Germany. Um, and he played his whole career, all 14 or all seasons with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, he's a 14 time NBA all-star M- NBA MVP. So best player in the league and uh, led the Mavericks to a championship in 2011 against the LeBron Heat, who some would say LeBron was in his prime at that time, you know, and he earned finals MVP. So um, that's just that's just going to be my little uh, thing, you know, keep it short, just like Coleman's. And uh, that's, all, that's what I got for you right now. Just a little teaser. Good job, Brandon. Uh, I love the conciseness here. Great job from both of y'all doing that. Uh, but my question to uh, Brandon is: You kind of didn't. You kind of leaned into the accolades of good playing. Good. He's a good team player. He was a great player in the NBA. He won championships. Did this, that. But you didn't really talk about no uh, shooting, which is kind of what it's all about. Uh, oh, I would love to hear. Uh, hold on. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to uh, hear that later on in your argument. Um, so I'm gonna let y'all get y'all statements together. Uh, I guess we'll go back to Coleman. And um, I guess we'll just kind of ramble off here. What you thinking? Uh, stats, you know, give me some stats on them. Sure, uh, I'd yeah. love to. Um, so, you know, while the numbers suggest that the margin may be closer than I'm suggesting, if you look up like uh, Dirk versus Cat all-time three-point percentage, or and by the way, I was so ecstatic when I heard that you picked Dirk. First of all, I don't really know who else you could pick. I mean, you could try to make an argument and say Katie's a big man. Katie's he's a big man, but is he's not? 
he's not in that really, dude. You know what I mean? You're not trying to say he just doesn't fit the category. He's not like a big man shooter. He's he's KD. He's in a league of his own. Um, but back to the the main thing. My main argument is basically it, it centers around the volume that Cat shoots at. Uh, over this past over his career so far, Cat, I think he shot four, uh, let me see four point three three point attempt uh, per game at a forty percent clip, and he makes one point seven per game. If you do the math there. Uh, Dirk shot uh, an entire three-point attempt less than Cat over his career and still shot at a lower rate uh, and, and three-ball percentage, which is the same thing, over his career. Um, so with less volume, he shot less uh, of a percentage. And it's much harder to maintain a high three-point percentage when you increase your volume and you can see how Cat defies that general rule with his career statistics. So that's like one main point I want to set her on. Usually when a guy, you know, shoots more threes, uh, doesn't he mean he's gonna he's either gonna stay consistent or go down that's a general rule uh and, and when you go outside your comfort zone and cat has continuously showed time and time again he'll let it fly many times a game uh above average for uh, a guy who's you know who's known to shoot it as much as he is uh and and he'll make it at an increasing percent so i i think it's important to note that uh when dirk turns up the heat he makes a less percentage that's my first argument okay okay uh i like to see where you're coming from uh, Brandon, do you have anything to uh, argue that or any points you want to make? Um, I mean, I did, man. Um, you know, like you said, I didn't talk about the shooting at the beginning because it kind of it kind of speaks for itself. Um, you know, Coleman is he's giving you all stats, right? But um, some would say the stats are skewed because obviously uh, Dirk has played longer in his career. So obviously his shooting percentages numbers would go down as his age went up. Um. So, you know, as Coleman was talking, I was trying to do the math. You know, he, he left it. He left me a little short here. But um, I did figure out that during I'm comparing nine years because Cat has so far played nine years. So I'm just doing shooting percentage from nine years. I mean, obviously, all time, he averages um, a one three point four three point attempts a game and uh, one point three makes a game. So, I mean, no, it's not bad. That's oh, are you talking about Dirk? Yeah. Well, I'm not sorry, talking about sorry, your side. Sorry, Judge. I'm, order, I'm, out, of, order, I'm out of line. I'm out of line. I'm out of line. Um, So, you know, I, I was I was calculating how many three-point attempts he had in the first nine years. It was 3.5. So, obviously, you know, he shoots he shoots that thing. He shoots about a 40% or 42% from three when he is seven feet tall. Objection. Objection. Okay, please. Uh, where, is that, where is that number coming from? This number is coming from basketballreference.com slash player slash slash nowitzki html His overall three-point percentage is what? In the nine years. He's talking about okay, the okay. nine-year stretch. Just, just to clarify. Just to clarify. Okay. Thank you. You, yeah, you may continue, Brandon. Thanks, Goat. Um, you know, that's that's what I have. Hold on. Stop. The glazing is crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Um, But anyway, through his career, I mean, he shot a 38.3% three-point for um, all the years he played, which I believe was, if I'm looking at this right here, he played for a whopping 20 years. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's got longevity, you know, obviously not as long as LeBron, Oz, but, you know, he's got, you know, pretty good, you know, to be able to stay healthy and, you know, constantly shoot that thing. And, um, you know, Shots aren't all about threes. Everyone knows Dirk for his uh, iconic fade. As you know, it's outside of the Dallas Mavericks stadium. You could see a, I guess you would call it a statue of his fade. Um, just like Kobe Bryant got a statue. 
Um, but yeah, that's I, as of right now, that's what I've got for you. Um, obviously, I have more, but we'll just keep shooting back and forth between me and Coleman. So, can, uh, uh, Judge, can I go, please? Can I can I counter uh, argument to that? Just real quick, I'm just what what I'm thinking right now. What y'all can try to persuade me on? Uh, the games changed, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So kind of the attempts have kind of been skewed for Carl Anthony. Uh, as the game has changed, that's the way I'm thinking right now. Dirk, he's kind of a generation ahead of himself, you know, shooting uh, the three as a big. So the way I take it as the greatest shooter of all time, I still think Larry Bird's in the top three conversation. Steph is up there for sure. He changed the game. But Larry Bird is still a great shooter because he did it in a time nobody was shooting. That's the way I think of Dirk. He changed the game. Just go ahead. You can make your okay. argument now. Can, can I? Well, I, I have one thing. Well, I'll respond to that first. And then I have another couple things to say. And okay. Dirk retired. And I understand the, the declining output. I really do. But Dirk retired in the 18 to 19 season. Cat had been already playing for five years. They overlapped fairly bit, they, a, fa- a fair amount. So to say that they had different eras, sure, you could say that. For the start of Dirk's career, for sure. Like it was, it was not as. Uh, and the NBA changed the rules on fouls and all that stuff to have the points per game increase and and all these things to make the game more exciting because views were declining and, and all this stuff. So I, I under I understand that 100. Um, percent But you, in the same argument or in the same prompt, Josh, you you or sorry, honorable judge, uh, that's like three points deducted there, isn't it? Uh, I uh, you also mentioned that um, Larry Bird was a so how many how many defining shooters can we have to, to get to the point? I mean, would you say that in, were there any like generational like uh, era defining uh, game changing shooters in between Larry Bird and Dirk? I don't know. Um, I mean, sure you could think of like a guy like Reggie Miller and stuff like that. And, and but Josh, I'd like I, to uh, hearsay. Like, where is he going with this? Josh? Yeah, that, there, let me yeah, get, get, to get to it. Get to the point. To what the I'm point. saying is that I don't think you can say that Dirk revolutionized the game and emphasize that as much while in the same breath saying that Larry Bird also like was a, a, a big game changer. Sure, they're both, but how much really did, did Dirk, how much more did Dirk really uh, change the game? That's basically what I'm saying. My, my question to you is, Coleman, uh, can you name me another big man before Dirk that you'd put in the conversation of greatest big man shooter of all time? You can consider Larry Bird a big man. Uh, I consider him more of like a Kev- how we consider Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's like much point. taller. I know exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, I know, but I'm saying he's uh, so. How, how would you consider Bird him in the same? Man. I know, but how could you consider him in like the same? Uh, what about big... what about what about Kevin Love? Or are you talking about in between the time? In between, give me give me something before Dirk. I mean, I'll, I'll let you think about it, and I'll let Brandon make Antoine. What was Antoine Walker when he was on the Celtics? Shot a pretty good clip. Antoine, Walker. Make a, you can go ahead and make a point, Coleman. You can just think about oh, that. Wait, I had another thing to say, Your Honor. Okay, go ahead. Uh, when um, Brandon was making his argument, his his first main argument, other than his introduction, he mentioned how Dirk had all these statues and stuff, which was, he spent more than half the time he spent uh, talking in that segment, talking about how Dirk had a statue and, and had all those accolades. How are you holding Cat accountable or holding it against him that he's played less? How how can you do? How can you possibly do that? Is that his fault? Should he have been born earlier? Should he have Should he have attended the University of Kentucky, the University of Kentucky Wildcats <laughs> earlier? Um. Uh... I like I get that point like that's why I'm trying to uh, just get my stats from the nine years just so I can compare you know uh, what's best for both of us I mean I was just talking about that um, but I mean I get what you're saying I'm trying to do my best you know I'm just looking at all of Dirk's great numbers throughout his career 
and right. I'm cutting it off at his ninth season. But I mean, if you really want me to get into it, I mean, he was a six-time All-Star to Cats four in his um, nine years. But I mean, I don't want to get into that. He also okay, wanted well, MVP, but I, mean, I, I do want to get into it. I do want to get into it. Is that okay, Your Honor? You know, I, I'm looking at some stats of my own. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, 963 pointers made in his career so far. So in the nine years uh, Brandon's talking about. So if we double that, uh, he still would not get to Dirk's eight, uh, 1982. Sure. Uh, so Thank just, you. Just throwing that out there. But yeah, like, can, yeah, can, we, you go ahead and get into it, Coleman. Okay, sure. I, I want to break down another point I have, uh, and that is who are on these teams? You break down the first nine years. Would you say, just a question to the court, and uh, anyone feel free to answer, uh, would you guys say that uh, Dirk supporting cast or the Minnesota Timberwolves early 2000 or early 2010s uh, uh, supporting cast is better in terms of Dirk's teammates or versus cast teammates whose who's teammates were better I'll give it to you the Dallas was definitely better okay and and another point I just want to reiterate because this is a hard argument to make like the well, you could cast. argue I mean hey hey, 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 hey. Judge, judge. this is my courtroom and you will be silent Brandon while Coleman is talking Wow. Thank you, Your Honor, for the, the respect in the courtroom. Um, I, I want to I was actually going to give a point to help you, Brandon, and, and acknowledge that for these guys, I mean, a lot most I wouldn't say most, uh, but a large, a large portion of their uh, threes are just pull of threes where the, the motion of the offense had no play or no role, whatever. But you have to think of who's assisting and running the offense when these players are on the court. Dirk had guys like Jace Terry, Jason Kidd, Devin Harris. JJ Barea, Michael Finley, uh, who helped like organize Dallas offense. And those guys were players who a lot of them played for the majority of not majority because Dirk played for 21 years, second player ever to play that long. But uh, they played for a long portion of his tenure in Dallas. Uh, and Cat has had absolutely no one on the Wolves that has ha uh, played nearly that long up until like two, three, four years ago. He's also had to play under like five head coaches where Dirk only had to play with three. And one of them was Rick Carlisle, which is a hall of fame coach. Uh, and that they got the ring in 11. So they have a hall of fame, uh, ring winning coach who was able to lead them. Whereas the Minnesota Timberwolves are probably one of the least desirable. Well, maybe not now, but we're the least desirable team to have a coach play there. Don't attract all the talent, less people to assist, less people to have all this. Basically the supporting cast was terrible and they lose more games. That's all I'm saying. That's a, I think that plays a role. All right. I'd like to, Oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Coleman. Uh, you helped and hurt your case there. I, I like the point where you made out like the point guards getting the ball, assisting, get the offense flowing. I like that. I like the fact that you showed that Carlton Towns didn't have that. But I want to make the – well, I guess I'll let Brandon make his point, and then if Brandon doesn't make the point, I'll point it out where you can argue it. So go okay. ahead, Brandon. I mean, I was just going to say, you know, like, you know, you can't blame Dirk for Dallas building a team around him. I mean, obviously – you know, Dirk did have great point guards, but what you do mean is Dirk had, you know, good players on his team. So, I mean, Dirk's shooting at a high clip with good players on his team, whereas Cat, you, I mean, I would say that Minnesota wasn't bad. They just didn't have good general managing. I mean, y'all had your oh Butler at point. He just didn't want to be there. Y'all trade away Zach Levine. I mean, this kid, Coleman's getting mad. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just naming people. I mean, y'all had Kevin Garnett, you know, for a little bit, Um, but I'm just saying, like, you know, Dirk, he was just drafted there. He stayed there. Loyal guy like Kobe Bryant. Um, and you can't blame him for having, you know, and you said winning coach, like with the ring. I mean, of course, you know, Dirk was on that team when he won. So, I mean, he wasn't a winning coach with the ring before. I don't believe sure. I don't. I don't no, have my wasn't. stats. No, so, you're I mean, great. He won it with no, the team. Yeah, you're right. And, um, 
you know, Dirk, before, you know, Curry was in the league, obviously, you know, and, you know, Larry Bird, like Josh did say, like, no one was really shooting threes, you know. Now everyone shoots a three and they're like Curry, you know. Sure. So, I mean. Ob objection, uh, Your Honor? Yes. Uh, to to an earlier to, to an earlier point, Jimmy Butler played like half a season for the Timberwolves. Does that really count? And I think Cat was injured for half of those half half of that half the season. So there's well, that. He was tech he was technically on the team. So I mean, I would have to go back and look at the stats. You know, there was okay. no uh, there was nothing given to me beforehand to kind of look at. So um, I'm kind of just going off my own research. So so you know, as Coleman was just like, you know. I guess you would say, you know, arguing against all my statements back there about, you know, Jimmy Butler not playing long enough. Um, you know, it's, I'm just going to say this. I mean, you know, Cat also, he's had some injury-prone seasons here that I'm looking at. So, you know, his numbers could be skewed higher. I mean, I'm looking here, first three seasons, played all 82 games. Then, obviously, 77, COVID year, 35. So, I mean, it's not his fault they had COVID, but it does boost his numbers for not playing as many games. How? Are you objections? How? Oh. Because the percentages how, would be skewed. His, no, but his, he his he's never would be way higher because he's not taking any shots. Objection! He that is uh, in his entire career. Overrolled, he could, he could overrolled. Up, up what? I can't even make an objection in court. Thank you. Um, it's so he, like it I doesn't said, make any sense. No, I, I can I. It does make sense. Can I explain my? All right, try to make a point quick. Okay, my point. My point is that in. All evidence points to Cat never having a problem, or his his percentages never over his actually his career. He's increased the amount of three point shots he's he's attempted uh, slightly, but still, and it's it's never gone down. In fact, his percentage has gone up. So it's never it's never been an indication that just slightly more, maybe like twenty more games in a season would do anything. It, it, there's no indication of that. And if anything, the injuries would play more of a, a factor in that he's the best shooter because he's gone almost an entire season last year and then a couple of years and then the COVID year of, of having breaks in between and he still maintained the clip that he shot at. Would Dirk be able to do that in his in his his uh I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. That's speculation. That's it is speculation. Be in my no, but you're speculating on that cat it would have had, you can't do that. That's the same thing. I'm not speculation he, played, stats. He, he played less games so his his numbers would be his percentages would most likely be I'll, lower. But I understand what you're saying though. I'll argue I that get later. what you're saying. Well, I mean, you have a closing argument, so sure, yeah, exactly. To... I'll argue with. All them. right, Brandon, go ahead, finish your point. Um, that's I mean, obviously, like I mean, I could just look here, twenty twenty three. I'm pretty sure it's an eighty two game season. He only played twenty nine games. So I'm just, you know, obviously, he doesn't have that health like Dirk had, which I mean, doesn't really affect your shooting, but it does help your numbers look a little prettier. But um, no, we can go ahead and move on to the closing arguments, uh, Judge. I'm ready. Uh, so now we're just gonna head on to our closing arguments. One last. One last time, you get to kind of persuade me and the jury, which is also me, uh, about our decision. Um, we'll deliberate, and then we'll come back to you after your closing statements. So try to make it a little concise, but don't like, don't hold back here. We, you got everything you got because it's kind of up in there right now for me. To be honest with y'all. Okay. Go ahead, Brandon. Brandon. Oh, I start. I start sorry, the closing. I meant Coleman. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Coleman. Okay. Okay. Um, overall, at the end of the day, when you look at best shooters in the NBA. I think it's important to understand the era. So at the end of the day, I, I, I understand that Dirk came from a different time and, and revolutionized the ball with that or revolutionized the game and shooting three ball. With that in mind, the numbers speak uh, in every category except for a minor discrepancy in the free throw percentage that Cat over his career has not only shot at a higher volume, but has knocked down a higher rate of free throw of, of three pointers and mid range shots, uh, mid range shots by a good portion, actually. And then so. On top of that, uh, the, the all the arguments presented, the counter arguments presented about how um, 
he, he didn't have the, the best nine start or the first nine years of his career. Uh, I think that has to do with a poverty program, that being the Minnesota Timberwolves, poverty management, which I mean, same thing, and also uh, poverty teammates, which all kind of tie together. And through this, Cat was able to win rookie of the year. Uh, he was able to win a three point shooting contest. And I, I don't see that in, in Dirk's resume. So at the end of the day, I believe that Cat is a better shooter, not only just based on statistics, but based on aura, uh, the 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 way he's confident in himself, and also the way that uh, he's the best shooter of all time as a big man in the NBA. Thank you. All right, that's Big Per's argument. Yep. Oh, I mean, Brandon, you want to go ahead and do yours? <laughs> big Per. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn, Brandon. Okay. Um, you know, I, I get what Coleman's saying. I mean, obviously, um, you know, Cat's a good guy, you know. But with good shooting becomes, you know, you leave a legacy. And um, like Curry, Curry's left a legacy. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, you know, obviously different legacies. But, you know, Dirk left a legacy on the game with his, you know, iconic one-legged fader. Um, You know, I don't see many kids pulling up, a, you know, a, a jumper these days and being like, big purr, you know. You know, I'm just... Yeah, you, know, you hit a fader. Did they do like, it for Dirk? Oh. What? Uh, bro, I'm pretty sure. I've seen people do Dirk. Yeah, people hit a one-legged fader. It's iconic. It's Dirk's move. Um, Dirk also, we've I know we've just been talking about threes because that's what the league is associated with these days with shooting. The mid has kind of died. But, I mean, Dirk was lethal from the mid-range, shooting about almost 50% from the mid-range throughout his career. Um, And as a big man, I just want you to know this. Dirk... There's only eight players in the league that have ever, ever done this. And I don't really see Carl Anthony Towns on this list, but uh, Dirk had a 50, 40, and 90 season. So um, that's 90% from the free throw, 40% from the three, and uh, 50% from the mid-range. Um, Cat, Cat's about to have a 50, 40, 90, and I don't know he's when Dirk's happened. I don't know when Dirk's happened, but he's about to have, have one. And I, I suspect Cat will have many more. Again, that's speculation, but he's well on pace, and I think he's um, on a better pace Dirk, than Dirk was. Dirk had his and the year um, 2005 to 2006, which would have been his eighth season. So Around Cat's season would have been last year, so clearly it didn't happen. Um, I mean, I could talk about all NBAs, but that really doesn't matter about shooting. You know, Cat... Cat, don't get me wrong. Cat's a great player from Kentucky, you know. But Dirk, it's just the overseas guys are different, and they're ruining the NBA these days. And um, I'm just gonna say, you know, if Cat doesn't win an MVP this year, he, he, you know, just looking at the first nine years, he doesn't really match up to Dirk. And um, during even, I mean, you know, Cat still has. I'll give him what is that? Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. If Cat doesn't win a ring in his thirteenth year, I mean, bum. And beat Prime LeBron. I mean, who else is beating Prime LeBron with a flu? He's getting made fun of. Dirk, and it's it's Dirk, Jason Kidd. You know, I don't really know their team, but I knew it was LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosh. You know, who who's beating them? You know, and you also had to beat Kobe later down in his career. Obviously, Kobe, great one, R.I.P. Mamba. But you know, that's all I gotta say, really. I mean, I'm struggling to see where 40, that has anything to do with the shooting. I'm just, just judge, please keep You're your just, quiet. This unrelated. Yeah, it's not your. It's actually not your turn, Coleman. Let it's him unrelated. His You're just. It's his argument. Up, though. You're fluffing it's it up. Argument. argument. I'm making it look pretty because Dirk's a pretty guy. Look at me. What? Final final statement oh, here. What? Hold on. Obviously, hot. 50, 40, 90 club. Cats never touch that. Dirk has a statue outside of the Mavs Arena, hitting his iconic. Dirk Fader, one-legged, which really changed the game. People don't do it these days. And um, 
Dirk's a legend in Dallas, whereas Cat is just a big perm. So. All right, that's that's enough from the courtroom. Uh, well, I think I think I've got enough uh, information to make my decision. Uh, I'm gonna go into deliberate. Go. I'm gonna go into a little bit of deliberation with myself a minute, uh, and then we'll get back to y'all. All right, guys, I'm back. Um, I made a decision. Uh, this is a grueling decision. I, I really, I, I don't like be put in this situation. You know, uh, I don't know what the higher ups are thinking. Uh, putting me in a situation, I have to choose between two of my best friends, um, and they make great arguments, both of them, great arguments. Uh, can't lie with it. Coleman, I like the way that you uh, presented Big Purr. Uh, I think he's a great young player. I think he has the best potential to become the best big man in his era. Uh, be be a part of that list of one of the greats if he can if he can uh, make that next step. You know, um, I think he's a great shooter. Obviously, uh, he was just won the three point contest, and then he was in another one this year. He did cheat though. I mean, he was on the line, foot on the line. Uh, and then uh, and then to Brandon's point, uh, Dirk. Legendary player, uh, uh, part of the what was it, the 40, 50, 90 club? 50, 40, or fi- sir. 50, 40, 50 90 40, club. 90. Uh, that's that's a great stat to have, you know, you kind of just pulled that out of nowhere. Uh, but uh, congratulations to that. Um, you know, Dirk has a great legacy. Uh, he's trying to change the game for a big man. I don't think Coleman ever answered my question on a big man that could shoot before Dirk. I did Dirk. multiple times. Who? Who? What? Who was the big man? I said Antoine he, Walker. Rasheed Wallace. Antoine Walker. Antoine Rasheed Walker. Wallace was not a shooter. Yes, he was. No, it was not. Yes, he was. It'd be nice if I could spell his name. Rasheed Wallace. Let's see. No, that's he's part of the Bad Boy Pistons. I mean, he was just yeah. He's, he's top. He's, he's top loser. five in, in in three points made. I don't. I don't see him as a shooter. I don't think anybody's ever seen him as a shooter. Uh, hold on. He he's made his three point percentage of his career is thirty three point six percent. That's not terrible though, honestly. He's made he's top five in maids makes too. That's kind of surprising. I mean, that's that sounds like a great pick, but honestly, um, that, that actually that was actually really good. Uh, you know, it really just comes down to. Not just legacy, but it's more like I I couldn't. I mean, if you would have told me Rasheed Wallace was that good at three point shooting, I would have not believed you. Uh, so I think you're still stuck on that. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I really am. That's kind of like that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, I feel like Dirk kind of changed the game. Uh, just just say it, bro. I don't want. I don't want to hear all this garbage, bro. Just fuck. But I think I think Cat has a real shot if he does what he should do in the next nine years and he can stay healthy to take the title from Dirk. But Dirk is the uh, best big man shooter of all time. I don't, I don't think <clears throat> right now you can make, you ha- you made the greatest argument you could for cat. But um, I, don't I think, think I left a lot on the table actually, but whatever. I mean, I, I did too. Did. I didn't even talk about Dirk's clutch shooting ability, but I mean, I, I didn't want to go down that road. It's just not fair. Yeah. But, uh, Kudos to Brandon for finally winning a courtroom. Of course, I was not involved in this one. Uh, yeah, so. of course you were. You literally made him win because you chose the winner. You, of course you were involved. It's well, I wasn't definitely involved a conflict in, of like, interest. I wasn't involved in like arguing because 
No, you were but but you were involved in picking the wrong winner. Uh, see now this Unbelievable. is a sore, this is a sore loser. This is a I, I am a sore loser. Vikings and Minnesota Timberwolves fan at yep. its finest. It's they coming out, play, man. They, Unbelievable. They win a playoff. Chill out. They win a play-in game and they think it's the Super Bowl and uh, they have a parade the next day. Um, yeah, it's just it's kind of sad to see. You know, I mean, I think you both made great points. I think Brandon was a little bit stronger with Dirk. I mean, he honestly, in my opinion, coming into it, I think Dirk was the better shooter. Uh, like I said, though, I think Cat has a argument and a few years ahead of him to change my mind. So, yeah, I agree. I, I, I it's hard to argue. Brandon, you had a great argument. Um, Josh oh, really yeah, did Jesus. nothing. Uh, yeah, GG's man. I, I would say that literally every stat he beats him in. So that's kind of hard. Like, how do you are? Well, what could I have done? Is there anything you could have done? Well, I, I mean, you did. You kind of did pick Cat first. So like, that's not. I did because me. because I was. I mean, he has better numbers all around. Uh, I don't know about that. But okay. Well, Brandon kind of disproved that in the nine seasons, but that's okay. Well, that's... let's let's move on to something that Coleman did beat me in, and that was our picks last week. Um. You know, last week, yeah, as y'all know, W we transition, do, Brandon. I liked it. As, hey, thank you. As y'all know, we do pick games every week. Um, last week, Josh went six and four. Um, I went five and five. Kind of a bad week for all of us. Coleman went six and four also. Him and Josh tied, which I, you know, a little speculation. I think they're picking the same games to try to beat me. But hey. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Uh, I should have. I, I picked Florida State as an upset. I should have probably picked Duke. That's one of mine. And no, we did not pick the same games. I picked UConn. He picked. Uh, wait, no, he did pick UConn. I picked Kentucky. He picked Auburn. Uh, I just messed around. I dude. picked BYU. Yeah, uh, but he, I, I did say I did say I'm just gonna say this. I did say UConn would get upset. I just didn't know which game it was. I got it I wrong. Picked, I picked four different from. I'm I just. Actually, I, I picked more similar to you. I think actually. I'm just messing around, dude. Oh, okay, it's a okay. joke. My bad. Okay. Our running total, though, I Josh, think... is 33 and 27 with uh, 55%. Uh, not bad. Me and Coleman are both tied 35 and 25 with 58.3%. So, um, as of right now, Josh is only two games behind. It's a pretty tight race this, this time around. And um, let's just move on to week seven. Um, yeah, so... I, I'll start us off. Or Josh, um, you start us off. Yeah, I'll start us off. Uh... So tonight, Friday night, uh, the Cavs at 76ers. We all picked the Cavs. I think we all know why. Joel Embiid's not playing. Uh, the Cavs, I think, have a little bit more to play for at the moment. So I think they kind of pull out the W there. Uh, Bucks at Wolves. Uh, we all picked the Wolves. Surprisingly, Coleman went with his team this time. Uh, I think they're trying to hold on to that number one seed. Uh, Bucks with uh, Doc Rivers not doing the greatest. So eh, we'll see how that goes. Um, moving on to Saturday. Number two, Houston at number 11, Baylor. Baylor coming off that loss to BYU. Houston coming off a good week again. Wait, who picked uh, that BYU upset? You did, buddy. Okay, good job. Anyway, uh, so we all picked Houston. Obviously, I think they're one of the better. They're obviously older, more mature, best defensive teams in the nation. Uh, Baylor, young, coming off that loss. Uh, can't defend the ball very well. I think it allows Houston guards to do what they need to do to score. And then I think they shut them down the uh, offense, uh, defense end. Uh, and then the game of Saturday, I feel like, would be uh, a number 13, Alabama, escaping uh, at home against uh, Florida, coming off that win in overtime at Rupp Arena, number 17, Kentucky. Will not be ranked 17th unless they win this game. Uh, they coming off a loss um, to, LSU, to LSU, uh, Rob Dillingham. 
greatest freshman of all time, putting that okay. in. Uh, so me and I, actually, oh, holy crap, Brandon picked with me on this one. I love you, Brandon. Uh, so me and him picked Kentucky. Coleman again goes against his team. Bandwagon fan, Fairweather fan. He picks Alabama. Coleman, why'd you pick Alabama? I think Alabama is just a better team overall. And, and not only that, I think they're better built for March. They're going to make a deeper run in March. And they're the better uh, team in SEC play. They're they're just better overall. And they've, uh, they might not have as, as good as, uh, as good freshmen. But I, I, I do think that um, their, uh, their, their coach has been coaching better. I don't, I think we can agree to that. Um, yeah. I think, I think that was the best point you made all day. Uh, the pick though, worse than your Carnegie Towns pick, go cats. Uh, <laughs> Sunday. Okay, so you said go cat, go go cat. No, go cats. I don't. I'm, I think you misunderstood me, buddy. So you wish uh, there were more than just one cat. No. Okay, keep going. I think Lakers at the Suns. Uh, we all go Suns here. Uh, all Laker haters. I think. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I, I used to be a Lakers fan just because of like. Man, I liked... dude, you're the biggest bandwagon of all time. No, 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 no. Like when I was like really, really young, like five, pa- six, Patriots, seven. dude, like everything. Biggest okay, but any, now I'm a, I'm obviously a Suns fan now because of Devin Booker, but I'm a Lakers hater now just because of LeBron, AD. I hope he gets traded out. I just hate it. So we all pick the Suns, obviously the best team in the West. Uh, moving on, Mavs at Pacers. I go Pacers. Y'all go Mavs. Um, the reason I go Pacers is because they're coming off a great All-Star weekend at home. They've kind of been chilling together, playing together. They've been together all All-Star break. I think they come out and uh, the hometown crowd's going to get behind them. You know, I think that's going to be a major factor there. And I think Luca's coming off like, you know, how uh, championship teams come off their championship and they kind of go, uh, they don't do too well in the start. I think Luca's going to have that kind of mid-year stretch where he kind of goes down a little I, bit. I completely disagree. They, he's been playing outstanding. They just beat your favorite sons. And also at the same time, the the Kyrie and and Luca pairing is doing better than it ever has just right about now. So I think a lot of those things that you just said, I disagree with. Well, I'm just saying, like I think it's eventually going to hit. I think this will be the start of it. So that's just my opinion. There's really I mean, not any precedent for that. Okay, okay sorry, keep going. Uh, we're picking games. I'm just telling you why I picked the game. All right, Kings at Clippers. Uh, I pick Kings. Y'all pick Clippers again against me. That's crazy. Uh, Kings, I think De'Aaron Fox wants to prove something this second half of the season. Clippers, they have been playing well, yes. But I think, again, I think coming off all-star break, is I think it's hard on people. I don't think people understand that it's a little harder than you think. Uh, even though you're rejuvenized, you've not been playing with these folks for a week or two now, and it's uh, it's it's kind of messing with them. So I think the Clippers kind of hit a little speed bump here. But I, I feel like the Clippers are a better team, and I think they continue their winning ways later on um and then moving on to monday we have heat at kings and then i think we all picked the kings there miami's not been doing too good this year uh kind of coming off a bad stretch at the in the all-star break and then i think they'll continue that bad stretch for a little bit here tuesday we have number 25 byu cougars coleman's team uh for obvious reasons at can number nine kansas i don't wait why uh, is the obvious reasons i don't understand it's because they won me won me yeah. the game Okay. Yeah, that, and then I think that no, they're like oh. underdogs, and yeah, oh. you kind of root for the underdog, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we all picked Kansas here. I was kind of leaning towards BYU, honestly, just because I, I don't believe in Kansas at all. I just don't believe, but I think at Allen Fieldhouse, I think Kansas pulls off the W. Um, 
And then to uh, round out the week for us, we have 76ers at Celtics. Always a good game. All, uh, yeah, always a big, always a good game. Uh, so we all pick the Celtics here. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about there unless y'all want to talk about it. Um, so. Celtics are on fire, man. It's kind of unfair. I don't know how they like got that team together, especially with how much they're paying Jalen Brown. Yeah. I understand. But speaking of which, dunk contest, Jalen Brown, come on, man. Terrible, dude. Get him out of here. Come on, man. We didn't really talk about that, but just, just. I think that's the only thing that needs to be done. It was underwhelming overall. Matt McClung got screwed over in the first round. That first yep. dunk he had was the greatest dunk I've ever seen in my life. Okay, well, that's crazy. And not, the the East won, so Brandon, Brandon got a point for that. So I don't know how the East won. Um, and, and then another Anthony Edwards shot with his left hand in the, in the skills challenge. He sold the bag. So, I mean, it was a bunch of bad picks overall by all of us. Uh, Brandon, I, I think... Curry, that, Curry beat Sabrina. That's good. How's that good? What's good about that? I, I got, well, team, I I got, Curry. I got mm. team Pacers and I got... Oh yeah, so Brandon definitely did better than at least me. You know, y'all y'all, are, y'all don't know why the East won, bro. They like they just love basketball more. They have more to play for. Oh, they, they like. Unless it. don't care about winning. Like you, you saw that picture. It was like That's look so at all true, these famers, and then it, like you show the East, and it's like look at these players they got to play this year. <laughs> like, you know, the the West didn't really care. It was the East like sure. they're trying to like, prove a point? Well, at the same time, who who really does care though? It's the All Star game in twenty twenty four. I think that's the next topic we need to talk about in the courtroom. I think they either need to do away with All-Star Weekend How entirely, or they need to revamp the game because it's it's god-awful. I can't watch it. Should we set it up next week? Next week, Brandon and I versus who has the better idea for what they should do with the All-Star Weekend? Yeah, we'll figure something I out. I argue that the winner gets to go to the judge, but... Oh, should that be a thing? Should, should, we just, uh, should, should that be a thing that we do? The winner gets to judge? Tune in next week to find out. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's uh, episode. Uh, I, I want to thank everyone for coming out and listening to the whole thing all the way through. You guys are some real ones. And without further ado, I'm one of your co-hosts, Coleman Madlin. Join here. Sykes. And Brandon Harkey. We're signing out.